Welcome to this virtual service at Westchester Chapel. Thanks for listening to this message that comes directly from God's Word. To hear more, visit westchesterchapel.org and click on Media. Now grab your Bible as we dig into it together. Rich told you that we had the pleasure of meeting a producer of this amazing film. It's a love, one of the de- delightful films of Christmas. And it's, a, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. So I just wanted to show you a little bit of this so you know that of which I speak. <laughs> yes, the film is Elf. And the producer was a producer of Elf, and he had all these wonderful stories, but one thing that I really loved about him was that he was so, so in love with Jesus Christ. Fervent believer, and that's a really great thing. But like a lot of Christmas films, this one calls upon the viewer to believe a lot of impossible things. Things like Santa's sleigh can fly, (laughs) things like a human buddy is raised by elves in the North Pole things like his human father actually repents and has an entire character change in the middle of a tense business meeting some impossible story arcs but yet it's so delightful and it carries you along this film And you just believe, you just believe this beautiful story, a boy raised by elves. (laughs) (laughs) So there are a lot of films and the stories of Christmas that rely on similar suspension of belief, that an old man could have three ghosts visit him, taking him into his past, his future, and his today and that an angel would fall down looking for his wings in the middle of a little town in America. And it's probably not that big of a surprise, frankly, because this is the season that we are called upon to engage with a story that has similar impossible things happening within it. A story, the greatest story of all, Yet it is calling upon us to believe these things that happen that we have never seen before, we had never seen before, and will not see again. And in this season, we celebrate this astounding thing that happened. The birth of a little baby. The birth of a little baby who is going to be Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ, is God God raised by humans. God raised by humans. Today, we enter Advent, and Advent is that special time of year in which we actually are celebrating the events of this child's life, the uh, spectacular, wondrous events of his life. I lay before you today a challenge. Can you see this baby like you have never seen him before? Are you going to let his story touch you like it never has before? (laughs) Can this miracle be new to you this season? 
let us look at this story. Yes, this is a story that the storyteller, our storyteller today, Matthew, he would start at something like this. Once upon a time, about 2,020 years ago, there was a young lady, a young girl. She was of marriageable age. Her name was Mary, and she was living in the land of Israel. And because she was coming to the time of her marriage, her parents got together with the parents of the, the guy down the street. His name was Joseph. And they decided these two would become betrothed. And so these two did, and they engaged upon the long process of getting married. In the Jewish culture, there were a lot of steps to it, but at this point, she was, they were in the second step, and that step's called the betrothal. And the betrothal is when they are basically, in the Jewish culture, married, but they don't have any hanky-panky. No hanky-panky yet, but they're basically married. When, alas, into this story, a disaster strikes. Mary is found to be pregnant. On top of this, Mary is found to be loony because she is telling people, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. The angel Gabriel told me. <laughs> and so Joseph, can you imagine? Joseph has a hard time with this. He's an upright guy. He's gone to the temple when he's called to. He's gone to listen to the scriptures when he's called to. He knows his stuff. He believes in angels. He's not one of these, like, temple priests that doesn't believe in angels. He believes in them. But, hey, come on. Now? Nowadays? I don't think so, he thinks to himself. And you can imagine it was hard to sleep. But... He gets to sleep one night, and all of a sudden, he gets a dream. And in this dream, he gets an angel. And the angel says to him, listen, don't be freaked out about what's happened to Mary. Because she's telling you the truth. It's God in the form of the Holy Spirit who has made her pregnant. And you're going to have a son, so don't worry about hosting the gender reveal <laughs> party because I'm telling you right now you're going to have a son and you're going to name him Jesus and I don't care that Jesus doesn't show up in your genealogies as the storyteller Matthew lays it out as the storyteller Luke lays it out I don't care we're going to call him Jesus you're going to call him Jesus because that means God saves and guess what he's going to save his people from their sins Joseph gets up and he does what the angel says. He takes her into his house. Let me tell you, he went through with that marriage. But he had no hanky-panky with her until after Jesus was born. The end. <laughs> you might be saying to me, wait, that, that can't possibly be the end. Wait, 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 wait. Listen up here. Listen up. How could Joseph believe that story? Isn't it a strong possibility that it was the pepperoni pizza? <laughs> or, hey, maybe he was feeling so much guilt over this whole thing. He didn't want 
to cause Mary to get stoned to death because that's the punishment for people who've been found in adultery. Maybe his mind confused him and gave him some rationale to continue to marry her. But no, we might want to believe that if an angel came to us and said something similar. We might tend to think, I don't know, I gotta get it confirmed five, six, 10, 20 times. <laughs> I gotta make sure I pray with everybody who can hear from the Lord so that I know. But Joseph might have had a leg up. He might have had a leg up on this, and here's why possibly, because Joseph was from the line of David. And he was a good man, it says. He was a kind man. He did not want to expose Mary to the punishment that is due to somebody who's caught out in adultery. So we know already he's kind, he knows the penalty, he knows the word it would seem. He may have even heard that there were certain prophecies that would talk about somebody who would come to save. Of course, in general, the rabbis would have talked about this one, this Messiah, this anointed one, the Christ, who would come to save. They would probably talk about him as being a deliverer politically. And if we could just get away from these Romans, they've been all over us, and they didn't even bring us pizza. <laughs> Joseph knew it wasn't the pizza. He had no such thing as pizza, and he didn't have time to be worried about his psychology. So he's like, well... Maybe there's something to this. Maybe there is a prophecy. And guess what? Our storyteller, Matthew, helps us understand this because he picks up that prophecy and he puts it in the story. And do you want to take a look? Let's look at that prophecy. The story is from Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. There's like a, a story twist here. This is what pretty much... Matthew writes, all of this, the circumstances of Jesus's conception and his birth took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This is what he spoke. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. You see, Joseph had this heritage of sacred scriptures that he had certainly heard this. He had certainly heard the rabbis speak this or the learned elders speak this from Isaiah. This is a prophecy from Isaiah, the great prophet of Israel. One of the big time harder hitting ones. And it comes in an interesting part of Israel's history. It comes when he is talking, Isaiah, to the king of Judah. And this king is Ahaz, is his name, sort of like Ahaz, Ahaz. <laughs> and he is a little worried because the neighboring kings are after him. They're, they're wanting Jerusalem. They're wanting control. They want anything they can get from Judah. And they're making the noises. They're beating the war drums. They're coming for them. And so Ahaz decides he would like to get 
the Assyrians on board. They're much bigger. They are, as I said a couple weeks ago, the big bad boys on the block. And so if you want somebody on your team, get the Assyrians, and that's what Ahaz wants. But Isaiah says to him what God has said to him, don't do it. Do not do it. Rely on your God, because if you do it, you will be sorry because the Assyrians are going to treat you badly. But Ahaz, he's frightened. He's frightened in really what has this God done for him lately. And so Isaiah and the Lord know that he has this issue of fear. And so Isaiah comes to him and says, listen, the Lord says, we discern that you're having trouble believing this promise. So why don't you ask us for a sign? Ask us for a sign. And you know what Ahaz says? Oh, I would not tempt the Lord to try to manipulate him to give me a sign. And that's right, because you don't want to manipulate God. But the words were right, but you know something? The heart was wrong. And God knew the heart. He knew Ahaz didn't want to ask for a sign because he didn't want to hear what Isaiah was saying. He didn't want it confirmed. I don't know if you're like that, but I sure have a lot of moments in my Christian walk when I have a choice and I can choose A or B. And I kind of feel like maybe Holy Spirit is asking me to choose B, but I kind of really like A. And I actually could call somebody who I trust who will tell me, is it A or B? And I choose not to call. That ever happened to you? And then I choose A and I'm sorry because Holy Spirit would have preferred me to choose B and now I'm stuck in A and I gotta work my way out of A. And God will help me. I don't know if that ever happens to you, but it sure has happened to me. And ding dong. I think this is going to happen to Ahaz, too. That's what I'm thinking. And you know what? Joseph probably knew this prophecy. He probably heard it along his way. He might have had this idea. Okay, maybe I can believe this angel who came to me in the middle of my sleep. But this prophecy is not really good news to Ahaz. Let's put it this way. We may consider it good news, but Ahaz, it's really not a good news prophecy, and here's why. Because it is an oracle of judgment. The word of the Lord comes, and it does one of two things. It will either bring the word as comfort and direction, or it will bring the word as judgment. And in the time of Isaiah, this prophecy was a judgment oracle. If you look on in the prophecy in the book of Isaiah itself, it says the little boy named Emmanuel, just before he's old enough to know good from bad, the kings that Ahaz was all freaked out about are going to be gone. They're going to be like bugs on the bottom of the Lord's wrath. And then that little boy will grow and he'll be able to know right from wrong and he's going to eat curds and honey. And I think sometimes we think of that, oh, that's the land flowing with milk and honey, but it, it, it is not. 
It is not. In the context of Isaiah, it is the food of the poor people. And why does Isaiah say that this child's going to eat poor people food? Because the land's going to be poor. Because Ahaz has made the wrong choice. And the judgment of God is going to come on the land of Judah. This would have been a good moment for Ahaz to have taken the sign, don't you think? Don't you think he would have been a good moment that he take it? You see, the word of God will come to do the work for which it is sent. And you know who Jesus is? There's another storyteller who tells his own version of Jesus' story, John. And what does he call Jesus? The word of God. The word made flesh. Jesus comes as hope. And Matthew picks up the hope part of the prophecy that Isaiah has given to Ahaz. He picks it up. We're going to talk about this because there's a plot twist right here in regard to the whole prophecy thing. But Matthew picks it up and he says, for some this will be a sign of hope. This, that a child is born, his name is, it will be God with us. Because God will be with us with this birth interesting little thing about the book of Isaiah. In the Hebrew, when Isaiah writes this prophecy, he doesn't use the word for physical virgin. He uses the word for young woman. There's a young woman, and she is going to have a child, and that child will be named Emmanuel. And by the time that child is old enough to know right from wrong, the country will be impoverished, and he will be poor as well. But there was somewhere along the line, people decided to translate the Hebrew scriptures. And they made an entire book out of Greek scriptures. And when they chose to translate that particular part of Isaiah, they chose to use the word that means physical virgin. That's interesting, I think. I don't really know why, but I think that's an interesting plot twist and also an indicator of what this prophecy really points to. Yeah, there was a woman probably in the day of Ahaz who gave birth to a baby, but we we don't know very much. We don't know anything really about her. We can speculate until we go up there and say, who are you thinking of, Isaiah? (laughs) If you're even curious about it by then, but you can ask him. But there was going to be a day when a physical virgin would be pregnant by the Lord God and come to full term with God with us. I think it's cool that even when they do translations, God is over superintending, bringing forth a beautiful thing. Ahaz is in the category of what I would call rebellion. You see, there is one prophecy and two responses. The word of the Lord One response, I don't want to see it, I don't want to hear it, I don't want it near me. The Ahaz response, unbelief into rebellion. And then there's the Joseph response. Hey, I will accept, I will obey unto salvation. And that is the message of the sign of Isaiah. The word of God comes to do his work, and it will be one of two responses. 
And we're going to come into this season where our hope and our desire and our prayer for those around us in this world is that they will see the sign, they will see the Lord, they will receive the word, and they will take the path of obedience unto salvation. But there will be some who won't, who'll take the path of unbelief into rebellion. And that's sad. But there is also a response for us as disciples of Jesus Christ, for us. If you are like me, there are areas in your life where Jesus is not king. Jesus is not totally in control. I have them. If you're like me, there's a few areas that God would say to you, will you let my word touch you today? Will you let my word touch you today? Will you let my word touch you today to come and do what I need to do to take you in that choice on the path of obedience unto salvation? There is nothing too hard for him. Amen and amen. And so this is the challenge. Are you willing to see Jesus in a different way? Because he's a pretty big God, and even though he looks cute as a button in that manger, he's coming again. He's coming again. Jesus divides, you see. The word of God divides. And our storyteller, Matthew, tells us that. It's Matthew who describes the fact that while there were shepherds and angels adoring him, there was a king frantic to kill him. And Matthew describes the slaughter of the baby boys of Bethlehem. And Matthew also describes the fact that Joseph again heeds the word of the Lord in the form of an angel to pick Jesus and marry up and go to Egypt until it's safe. And it is Matthew who describes Jesus' own words, I come not to bring peace but a sword, because the word of God divides. Can you see Jesus like this? Can you see him in a new way? He's not a baby in a manger anymore. He's not a broken man on a cross. He didn't stay in the grave, and he's not staying in heaven forever. Good people of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a choice today. How is that word going to touch you? I'm going to close my eyes and get on my knees because I want him to touch the places I have not let him touch in my life. Pray with me if you will. Jesus, we come first and foremost. If we have not said yes to you today, we say yes to you. We agree we're sinners and need to be saved by that which you set into motion when you chose to make the world and your people, but you actually kicked off the events of salvation with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ as the baby in the manger. And so we say to you, yes, we receive what he did on the cross and in his 
sin-free life and the victory of the empty tomb and the resurrection and ascension into heaven. We accept all the events of salvation as covering for our sin. And we say to you, yes, we choose to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those of us who've been walking as disciples with him, we say to you, yes, tell us where it is that we have not allowed your word to touch in our lives. Because today we want to make the choice to submit that part of our lives to you so that he can come and be king over it. Mm. And we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, in the film Elf, it's so extraordinary because he was, he was raised in a land that he didn't belong. He didn't fit in that land. And that's actually articulated visually in the film because he's way bigger than the elves and he can't fit in his bed, he can't fit in the chair, he can barely fit in the house. But when he comes to, to New York City, he doesn't really fit there either. He's a misfit in both places. And you know, in the film, that's the stuff of comedy. But for Jesus, it's the stuff of tragedy. He came to the world he created and he made hearts of men and women and children to love him with a place for him in their heart. But many of them will not open that heart up for him. The world he created, the heart he created, he doesn't fit in so many places. But I say... Let us give him joy, even as he gives us joy. This season, let us give him joy by letting him in the whole heart. In the whole heart. You sometimes wonder what you can give to Jesus that would give him joy. Because he gives us so much. Your whole self. Your whole self. Everything about you. That is your present to him this season. And so the Lord says to you today, or we ask the Lord actually, but he has given us these words, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face, give you favor, we know, looking at you and give you shalom. Enjoy him. He is worthy of it. Thanks for listening. After hearing the message today, if you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus or rededicate your life to him, why not do it now? Pray with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross to cover them and rising again from the dead. I choose now to live for you, and I receive your life into mine. Amen. If you prayed with us, get in touch through our contact page at westchesterchapel.org. There you can find more information on how to grow in your faith and where we meet. We'd love to have you join us.